Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gurrell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Hey, Lori. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Very good. How did you sleep last night? I am glad you asked. Um, Last night was a fairly good night once I got to sleep. Okay. So you just had a hard time going to sleep, but once you got there, you stayed asleep and you slept pretty good? Yes. So that's one of my patterns. So that is last night. Oh, okay. Well, so how about we spend a little bit of time talking about sleep and how that sleep affects you as a professional? I think this is going to be an absolutely great conversation because if this has such a profound effect on me almost daily as far as sleep, I can only imagine that everyone is going to get something out of this. Oh, I certainly hope so. And Especially in the time that we're in right now, I think more people are having difficulty sleeping for one reason or another, whether it's worry on their brain or their brain is just overactive and they go to bed and they just can't sleep or our sleep patterns are off because we're staying up later or maybe we're drinking more alcohol than normal. I believe that uh, a lot of people might be facing sleep issues right now. And it's one of those things that I deal with on a constant basis. So I'd love to get in and talk about sleep and how it affects you as an individual, especially when we talk about leadership and how important leadership is and the importance that sleep has on our leadership. Sleep is vital to that peak performance. And I know you've heard more times than you can count how important sleep is, but have you really ever stopped to consider what optimized sleep or lack of sleep can actually do to your production. And did you know a really good night's sleep will have you waking up in the morning on fire for the day, ready to take charge, conquer the world, your productivity soars, and when you don't sleep well, it all goes to pot. You wake up tired and it's really hard to get things going. And have you ever really wondered why uh, that might affect you? I frequently also wonder why some days I can wake up feeling that energy, that charge that you were talking about, and other days I can't even imagine taking two more steps without the coffee. Yeah, exactly. When it all has to do with not necessarily the quantity of the sleep that we're getting, but more the quality of the sleep that we're getting. And when we think about how important sleep is, Think back to some of the biggest disasters that we have had in the world. Exxon Valdez spill, the Challenger disaster when the space shuttle blew up, the Three Mile Island disaster. All of those disasters can actually be triggered back to a sleep deprivation. And Americans these days are getting fewer hours of sleep of night than we did in the past. Sadly enough, 
people and leaders, especially, I think tend to wear that lack of sleep, like a badge of honor. They say, oh, I can get by on four hours of sleep at night, or I stay up until one o'clock in the morning working and I'm back up at five. And they, they go along and they're praising themselves for this lack of sleep. And what they're actually doing to themselves is undercutting their leadership. Although they may think they're getting by just fine, science completely proves that they're not. And actually lack of quality sleep will override any of the good that they have been doing. So our bodies actually have two types of hormones that regulate our sleep. And the first is cortisol, and that's our awake hormone, which is naturally occurring when the sun rises in the morning. So that light as the sun rises, the cortisol kind of comes up in our body and and begins to wake us up. The second is melatonin. And melatonin is that hormone that gets your body ready to sleep. It helps to repair the body. And this hormone begins to produce as the sun is setting. So if you think back in olden times before we had alarm clocks and certain schedules that we had to do when we went to work, farmers and things like that, they always woke with the sun and they went out and they did their work and then they went to bed with the sun, which is really how our bodies are meant to function. We don't do that any longer, or we don't do that as much as we should any longer. We're staying up later and later and later. We're getting up still early and a lot of times with the sun or before the sun. And then on weekends, we want to sleep uh, as late as we possibly can. The key to getting that really good night's sleep is being able to keep both of those hormones in regulation. And I know uh, melatonin, you'll see a lot of melatonin pills on the market, or you'll hear people talk about (laughs) taking their melatonin at night. Yeah, and you can even get them so they're time-released so they keep on giving. Exactly. I have some right now that are called melatonin plus 5-HG, I think is the name of them, and they're extended release. And it's to help your body get to sleep and then kind of help it stay asleep. It's just replacing some of that melatonin that we are losing in our bodies. And so that's so important. So let's talk about the whole purpose of quantity of sleep versus quality of sleep. I guess you've, you've probably heard that we all need to get eight hours of sleep. Babies need to get 12 hours of sleep. And that length of time that we actually sleep is important, but it's not as important as that quality of sleep. So we really have to get deep down. Think of your sleep. Quality of sleep happens between the hours of like 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. And during those hours, that 10 to 2 time period, according to research, is when the body is really wanting to begin to repair the physical structures. So that's when your body's in repair mode. It's, It's repairing your brain. It's repairing the cells that are going on. So anything physical. Then when you get to that 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. time period, that's when your body wants to enter that REM sleep. And that's where it's going to accomplish most of its psychological repairs. So just because you go to bed by 10 o'clock every night doesn't mean you're going to get the optimum sleep. If your sleep is actually broken, it's going to affect the body's ability to repair itself either physically or psychologically. This 10 to 2 and 2 to 6 thing feels really relevant because it feels like it's about 2 a.m. is when I wake up and I can't get back to yep. sleep. 
that's weird. And because I'm the same way, 2 a.m. is my time I'm up and I can't go back to sleep. I get up, check on the kids. Maybe that's why I'm a nutcase because that's the psychological repair time <laughs> that's going yeah, no on kidding. that I seem I'm to like, be missing. I'm like thinking this is makes perfect sense as to why so many days my brain feels like Swiss cheese. It's because it, <laughs> it didn't get to fill in overnight. Yeah, it didn't get to repair you weren't able to give yourself the ability to actually begin that repair process. When you wake up, your brain is broken um, because you haven't been able to get that kind of quality sleep. And interesting enough, there's an Italian study that was done on sleep deprivation. And this study found that sleep deprivation actually causes brain cells to eat part of the brain's synapses. No, are you sure? That's according to this Italian study. I wasn't in on it. I didn't see it actually happen, but this particular study believes that. And according to the research leader of this particular uh, project, and her name is Michelle Belisi, the star-shaped brain cells that are called your ascolites, I think is how you say that, and one of their jobs is to clean out worn-out cells. And the study found that those astrocytes went into overdrive in sleep-deprived mice. So more of the brain's connections were actually broken down. And so that study showed us that for the first time that portions of those synapses are literally being eaten by the astrocytes because of sleep loss. Yeah, so these leaders who are priding themselves on not sleeping very much, right? I work until late and I get up early and I, I get right back to it. It's is, not able to clean out and do those repairs, which is something that is essential for good brain function. And we know that as leaders, we need our brains functioning top of the line on a regular basis. You know, another study showed that participants who hadn't slept long enough became more angry and stressed when trying to complete just a simple cognitive test than those who were not sleep deprived. And that kind of goes back to what this study is showing is that our friend Amy, that we have talked about, our amygdala, our monkey mind, we know that that's the area of the brain that controls our emotions. When information enters our brain, it goes to the limbic system first, which is where the amygdala, Amy, is housed. And this study actually shows that lack of sleep leads to more emotional responses because the amygdala becomes as much as 60% more active than normal. So Amy is on full heightened alert when she hasn't gotten enough sleep. And as we've talked in the past about emotional intelligence and understanding our triggers and really understanding our emotion and what affects us and how to manage it, sleep comes in as one of those big discussions that we have to have about our emotional intelligence. So a lot of times, and I find this for myself, and then when I'm, I talk to clients about um, Amy or what I call monkey mind, is it really is very active when I get up in the middle of the night. Oh, yes. And and I listen to it going on and on and on. And thank goodness I have tools now, but would just ramble on and on. Chicken Little, the sky is falling at, at 2 a.m. And my clients will, will often talk about the two, three in the morning thing. 
and that it just gets wound up and they can't get back to sleep. So this is making perfect sense to what I have actually experienced in the middle of the night with it being very active at that point, not just in the matter of any time during the day, but specifically when that sleep pattern has been broken for me. And you know, when you get up, you were just talking about Chicken Little and the sky is falling. If you think about when you wake up in the middle of the night and you have an issue or a problem that surfaced that you're thinking about, it is so much larger at 2 a.m. than it is at 8 a.m. the next morning, even if it's the same situation and you've not resolved it. If you're able to go back to sleep and you wake up at 8 a.m. and wake up before that and you're attacking this issue, you're like, it's not as big of a deal as it was at 2 a.m., Amy was much more active because of that broken sleep. And I think this is an important place to remind everyone that what we're calling Amy, um, which is, stands for the amygdala, or I call monkey mind, it's a protection system. It's our built-in neuroprotection system that fires off because it thinks it needs to protect us. And so that's why they, the chicken little, the sky is falling, seems so relevant and big is because when it's overactive, it's overactively trying to protect us from something, even if something really isn't that big of a deal. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we've talked in the past about our hippocampus. And how Amy talks to our hippocampus, but the whole purpose of the hippocampus is where we store our long-term memories. The hippocampus is something else that is greatly affected by lack of sleep. So one bad night's sleep is going to impair the hippocampus, meaning that more people struggle to remember new pieces of information. So if you think about trying to recall, I know I talk a lot about my memory shot these days is because I'm not getting good quality sleep. So you just said that one bad night sleep affects or impairs the hippocampus. Does it impair it just for the next day or is it a permanent impairment from one bad night's sleep? So if you think about what the hippocampus is doing in the middle of the night, it is replaying everything that's gone on throughout the day. So it's storing your long-term memories. So when, what your hippocampus is doing that night is just replaying things that are going on and it's sorting and it's putting things into your long-term memory. So if that is broken and you are not sleeping during that time period, the hippocampus can no longer store that information from the day into your long-term memory. So poof, it's gone. You can't remember it or you have a harder time recalling it tomorrow. So if I can only help myself remember that at my 2 a.m. wake up, to remind myself how important it is to get back to sleep so that I can keep that memory going. But unfortunately, it's not always easy to tell yourself, oh, okay, well, we're awake. It's time to go back to sleep, right? (laughs) If only. If only. And it's not always our fault, in a sense, that we can't sleep. There's a lot of things going on that is causing that inability to have a really good night's sleep. And, and I thought maybe we could talk about some of those things and we might could identify them 
in ourselves and our audience might can identify them, what might be things that are going on in your life that are actually causing your inability to sleep? And then there are some things we can actually do to improve our sleep life. I'm looking forward to that part. So, okay, here we are. We're females, right? And we won't talk about what stage of life that we're in, but imbalanced hormones have a huge effect on your quality of sleep. So when your hormones are imbalanced, remember we talked about there were those two hormones, the cortisol and the melatonin. The cortisol is released when the sun comes up, so light produces the cortisol. The melatonin is released at night. Well, we've confused ourselves because we don't have one, good sleep patterns, but two, how much light is in our rooms when we are sleeping? There are people who sleep with the TVs on. There are people who sleep with nightlights on. There are people that sleep in cities and there's lights outside their windows. So that light is continuing to come in. So your brain thinks, oh, I'm supposed to be awake because light means awake. Light produces cortisol. We have a very hard time with the melatonin because we are never at complete darkness any longer, which is creating this total imbalance in our hormones. And then we're all messed up. Yeah. We took the TV out of our bedroom years ago as part of this because I've, I've had sleep issues for so long. And that was one of the very first things that I did. Good deal. Yeah, absolutely. And you hear a lot about the blue lights on our electronics and we'll talk a little bit further when we talk about what we can do to help our sleep better is getting rid of those electronics. But that light on your iPad is telling your brain to produce cortisol, not to produce melatonin. So reading, you've got that light directly in your eyeballs. So it's really messing up our balance within our hormones. So something that I thought was helping me to get ready for bed was reading but I am, I'm reading on my iPad. It's something that's probably keeping me awake. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, you know, we talked about our leaders who think that they only want to get four hours of sleep a night and that that makes them superhuman because they're able to do that. But let's look at what actually is happening in your body when that happens. One of the things that's happening is your imbalance of hormones. Sleep deprivation has a direct impact on that hormone secretion. When those two are out of cycle, which we call our cicadic cycle, when they are out of rhythm, then our body gets all confused and it doesn't understand when the sun is rising and when the sun is going to bed. The other thing that happens is it creates that toxicity in your brain that we talked about where you know we're not getting that cleanup it's not detoxifying in our brains or our brains are so full of waste and then so a study at the university of rochester medical school reported that the lymphatic system that we have is 10 times more active during your sleep and if you're not getting enough sleep you're leaving all these toxins in your brain scary part of that is they're finding that that is causing an increase in Alzheimer's and dementia and other diseases that directly affect the brain. So you're making yourself sick. It's, this is just incredible. I'm so glad that you've spent so much time becoming familiar because uh, I'm learning a ton here for myself. 
Oh, well, good. You know, this part is scary for me because I have dementia that runs in our family and it runs on both sides, my husband's side and my side as well. And we've talked a lot about and researched a lot about what do we need to be doing. And of course, there's a lot of other things as well. But I'm also have a difficult time with my sleeping. And therefore, I feel like, look out that that might be in my future. And that scares me. It really does. So another thing that happens is your decreased cognitive function. And I, I think we can all relate to that. We all know that when we do not sleep well, we cognitively just really aren't there. Your short-term memory, your concentration, your focus, it, that all takes a really deep spiral when you're not getting that optimum sleep. So our leaders that are raising the flag at four hours of sleep thinking they're doing so um, awesome are actually less productive. They're unable to store information and learn new things. They have a harder time creating those memories because the hippocampus can't store them. And even slight amounts of sleep deprivation can actually create a lack of focus and reaction time, which we know is critical in leadership. So I'm assuming that a lot of, uh, coffee or caffeine isn't going to make up for the lack of sleep as it relates to, say, the cognitive function. So I might think that I function a whole lot better once I've had my coffee when really it's the lack of sleep that's disrupting the cognitive function. And it's the caffeine is just a little crutch for a while. It's not really helping anything. What all the coffee is doing is it's a stimulant. It's just kind of helping you to kind of wake up with where you're at today and be more alert and kind of, you know, your, your heart rate is going faster, but it's not doing anything about the damage that was done the night before. It's not going to do anything to help you cognitively. Now people think it does, oh, I'm, you know, just give me a cup of coffee and I, I'll think better and, and so forth. That's really not the case. You know, all the memes on Facebook don't say a thing about this. They just talk about must-have coffee. The love of coffee. I became a terrible sleeper more as a mother than I did before. Motherhood, I'm sorry, parenthood. Let me give kudos to the dads out there because my husband, once he goes to sleep, though, he does not wake up. But he did take some of those shifts. My husband has this uncanny ability to sleep. And I'm always envious. No matter how stressful I think the world can be or something that happened, he can sleep. <laughs> it's so unfair. We joke all the time. My husband's that way. He sleeps through anything. Why, why is that? Well, there's probably a more in-depth psychological review of that than we can possibly cover here. <laughs> yeah, we won't go into that then. <laughs> So some of the other things that are affected is your poor decision-making. You don't need science to prove that um, you don't make good decisions when you're sleep-deprived, but there is plenty of science that back up this claim that not only in your professional life, but also decisions with food, decisions with relationships in all aspects of your life. You know, I get that because when I am tired, even if it's just I feel mentally weary, because I I didn't have enough sleep, I make poor food choices. I really go for the easy or the comfort food when I'm feeling mentally weary. Absolutely. That comfort food is amazing when we feel, you know, 
emotionally weary. So the other problem with the lack of sleep is that propensity to gain weight. Well, that goes along with my poor food choices too. (laughs) It goes along with your poor food choices. When your hormones are off schedule, your body becomes more insulin resistance, which causes spikes in your blood sugar, your human growth hormone that is used for muscle production, keeping you lean and fat burning is pumped out in greater volume when you're sleeping. So if you're not sleeping, you're losing that HGH and you're losing muscle and you're gaining fat. And so therefore your weight tends to go up. Depression, even slight sleep deprivation contributes to low mood and depression. Poor sleep is a huge disruptor of your serotonin production, which we know your serotonin, that hormone is what helps with those moods. And when we have low serotonin, we become, have low moods, become very depressed. We don't feel good when we have that lack of serotonin, which is Mm -hmm. not happening during our sleep cycles. Mm -hmm. And then diseases. Uh, When the brain's unable to repair and regenerate cellular levels, it can increase our risk for diseases. Uh, We can lack the ability to recover from diseases that are already there. Our immunity is compromised at that point. You know, when we think about where we're at now in COVID and trying to stay safe from COVID, I don't know and I haven't seen, but I'd love to know if there's a study of how sleep deprivation and could you become more receptive to that type of disease when it says you don't have the ability to regenerate cells and you're receptive to more diseases. It's interesting to me that that could be. I'm sure the science on that will come eventually. Yeah, I think so. That will be kind of cool. I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the science that comes out. When we think about lack of sleep and we talk about that being that banner of honor, that badge of honor that we have lack of sleep, but then we look at what that lack of sleep causes wow, can you really take a step back and say, if I want to be the best leader I can be, if I want to be the best person I can be, the best spouse, the best parent, the best friend, I really need to get better sleep. Well, I would say that I have a lot more incentive. If I go down through the list that you just gave me, and I've been taking notes of imbalanced hormones, toxicity in my brain, my decreased cognitive function, poor decision-making, uh, propensity for gaining weight, ikes, and depression and diseases, I would say there's a lot of incentive for me to improve my sleep. When I look at this list going, yeah, I want to lessen all of this. So I'm ready to take some action so I can become superwoman here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I so... I don't want to be the leader that has Swiss cheese for a brain. Oh, I don't either. And I hate those days when I feel like I am that particular leader. Join us next week for practical solutions for sleeping and brain function. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.